Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 123 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And Merry Christmas, bitches. Ya ho ho hoes. Uh, this is that time of year where we all gather together to listen to the Grave Plot Podcast and listen to those sexy geniuses <laughs> talk about uh, Christmas movies. Yep, we all huddle around the computer, I guess. Sure, or you know, you you, know, you all simultaneously put in earbuds. Oh, put in earbuds. Oh. What did you hear? I heard put it in your butt. <laughs> well, I guess we know where Taylor's head is. In your butt. <laughs> in your butt. Uh, anyway, so yeah, um, Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas, Tony. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. You, you, you know, you know you. Did you forget my name? <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, so this is going to be uh, actually a week before Christmas, so you'll have you'll have a week to listen to it. You can listen to it for seven days. On the seventh day of Christmas. <laughs> Just listen to it uh, seven times every day. Every day? <laughs> so 49 times before Christmas? Yes. You know what? Just make it an even 50. Why not? Everybody likes a nice round number. That's right. Oh, you got those cups. What? Uh, those cups from Enchant. Oh, the light bulbs? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to get one, but I didn't want what was in it. I just wanted the cup. Probably would have sold you one. I know, but the line was real long. Oh, really? It just wasn't worth it. What day of the week did you go on? What day of the week do we go? Hey, you, sitting in the back. What day of the week do we go to Enchant? Saturday? Yes. Saturday. Okay, so we went on Saturday, too. I don't know. Was it super busy when you went? Not at first, but it got busier as the night went on. Okay. I think we got there early enough that we missed most of the crowd. But. Our arrival time was 7 to 9. Uh, but, yeah. I don't know. You know, two weeks before Christmas. I imagine it gets more busy. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, no, we went on a Friday, not a Saturday. So, I guess it was weird that it was so busy. You wouldn't think so many people would do that on a weeknight. Yeah, you would think Saturday would be the more busy. I mean, maybe it was. Who knows? The original plan was Saturday, but the rest of my family had plans what we're talking about is uh in i was gonna say nobody at home knows what we're talking about uh it's this uh event that some independent company puts on um i think they do it every year i don't know how long they've been doing it but it's kind of like a traveling thing they do it in different cities every year and this year it was seattle and arlington texas so we went to the seattle one obviously (laughs) um did you guys have roof open when you were there? No. No? Okay. Um, it was super windy when we went. What kind so, of mics are these? Huh? What kind of mics are these? What kind? Yeah. They're newer. There you go, Mike. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeti. <laughs> Do we look like we have money for Yeti mics? <laughs> Please. <clears throat> um. Anyway. Yeah, it's just a... It's a, it's a it's a light show. Yeah, Christmas place. Christmas light maze, mostly. Yeah. They had like an, uh, a skating rink, which was kind of cool. It wasn't so much a rink, it was more like a path. Yeah, and it looked really shitty. 
It, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it was just that it was shitty or if it just because so many people have been skating on it. Probably both. Yeah. But anyway, it was fun. Yeah. Just wander around uh, and you look for reindeer. Mm-hmm. And they give you a little scratcher. Like if you scratch off all of them, you're going to win something, but you you don't. You win a candy cane. That's what we won anyways. Is that what you win? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because they were just offering them to us. Oh, yeah. Well, I it's like the guy asked, he was like, did you find them all? And then he gave us candy cane. Then like, I was just like, I want one too. And he's like, okay, here you go. <laughs> the guy that we passed on the way out, he was like, it looked like he was mouthing something, but he was just <clears throat> kind of like a, like a fish mouth. He was just like, <laughs> it's like, okay, we're, we're going to go. <laughs> just don't look at him. It's like, I don't want a candy cane that badly. Um, <laughs> Great plot podcast brought to you by Bang Energy Drink. We're banging over here. Actually, it's more like Skeletoni brought. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Um. Anyway. Yeah. So Christmas, uh, what's your what's your plan? Um. Well, I'm. You know, Christmas Eve, I we always hang out with my family. We bought a bunch of uh, like indoor snowballs, and we're just gonna have a big indoor snowball fight with all my cousins' kids. Nice. And then Christmas Day, we always just make cinnamon rolls and mimosas. Hang out at home. Nice. Open presents. All that. Isn't that cute? She's got earphones in it. Oh. It's adorable. We Seven are. Rolls and mimosas. Adorable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the, I, the older I get, the more I treasure having just time at home. I love spending time <laughs> with my family on Christmas, no doubt. But it's like, you know, being able to wake up in my own bed and like go out and do Christmas with my own tree. And then, you know, once we wrap up, usually, you know, around noon or one or something, then we'll kind of get ourselves together and go over to my parents' house and basically do it all over again. Right. But yeah, it's like, you know, when I was younger living on my own, it was, you know, I didn't have my own Christmas to do so i just you know naturally went to my parents house but now that i'm older and married and have my own life it's nice to do it at home yeah but yeah it's three christmases essentially because so i go see my in-laws on christmas eve and then the next day you know christmas at home and then christmas at my parents house so it's it's quite an event so many christmas it's all the christmas anyway so that's neat yeah. Um, do you want to do our gift exchange now or later in the show? I know we could, we... we could do it now, so we don't have to like cut and come back since oh. we usually okay. film it. Okay. Uh, you you want to go first, or you want me to? Or... Uh, you can, since I can just turn around and just go do this. All right. <laughs> it doesn't move. No. All right. This is to Tony from Taylor with lots of hearts. There's no hearts. <laughs> I didn't put any hearts. <clears throat> There's nothing in it. It's a fake out. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, I got you. Fake out. Fake out's the best. What do we got here? Wait, open this one first. Open this one first? Yeah. That's, that's, that's just that's a smaller thing. So. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Thank you. Got a little keychain. For the kids at home, it's kind of darker. 
Can you even see it? Yeah. I feel like that's worse. Camp Crystal Lake, it's a keychain. For a room. Now we're gonna read our text messages. Sorry. <laughs> okay, uh, now the second thing. A little piece of paper. Cool. Uh, I, I don't know what this is. <laughs> it's a gift card to Fright Props, which they do. It's a lot of like haunting, like haunters, home haunting kind of stuff. Okay. But I figured you, there's probably enough stuff on there that you could use for a workshop of horrors. Oh, nice. There's a lo like a lot of prop making gear and stuff. Sweet. Thank you very much. Yeah. Very thoughtful. Cool. You dropped your keychain. Or the envelope, anyways. Gone forever. Forget it. Do I get to keep the box? Sure. It's a nice box. You don't see a lot of boxes like that these days. You know what makes a great Christmas present is tickets to the Grey Plot Film Fest. Hey. For the low, low price of $15. Hey, only 12 if you buy in advance. Tell them the Grave Plot sent you. Head so, over to GravePlotFilmFest.com and get yours now. I will give you three guesses as to what this is. Uh, golf clubs. Damn it, Bethany. He guessed it. <laughs> All right, you go open that one first. Do I need to save the paper? No, don't worry about it. Can't even rip it. It's just scotch tape, man. Oh, oh you're. <laughs> Why is this so difficult? That's awesome. That's like super old school. That's vintage, baby. See, Seattle Supersonics pennant. I don't know how old it is, but it's quite old. Well, this logo is from their inaugural season in 1967. Oh, so. wow. And I believe they changed logos in 70... 70? 71? So oh, okay. Late well. 60s. Well, there you go. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Found that in an antique shop months ago. So <laughs> you can imagine how hard it is to keep that flat for several months. <laughs> okay. So I got you something else okay. and it didn't show up. Okay. So I had to scramble and find something else to substitute. Okay. So here's this. Apparently it's a coupon for a free foot massage. It's 25 gift certificates to fry props. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I saw this and I sent it to Lynn. She was like, oh, you want that? I was like, fuck yeah, I want that. Uh-oh. Hope she didn't order it. Okay. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a Krampus tiki mug that will very conveniently be released sometime in like April. <laughs> yeah, because that's Mondo's uh, mo, I guess. I don't know why they would advertise that in December and say, "Hey, you can get it next year." Yeah, I thought that was so weird. 
right? Why wouldn't... Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you'll have this Krampus mug just in time for Easter. <laughs> it's kind of like me giving Christmas presents. It's like, oh, I thought of this the day before Christmas, so you'll get it next week. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so, yeah, as soon as that shows up, I'll let you know. And, yeah, if the other thing ends up showing up, too, um, you know, maybe I'll still get to you. Just give it all to me. <laughs> anyway, so Merry Christmas, you bastard. Merry Christmas to you, sweetheart. Uh, anyway, um, so I think maybe before we get any further into the show, we should thank our patrons. Sure. Yeah, why not? Let's do that. It's Christmas. Why not? <laughs> all right. Well, all of our patrons, thank you very much. Uh, every month, these lovely folks give us some of their hard-earned money. So we can keep the show going. Um, and uh, those people are Kevin Nuzgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Matt Zaleski, Aaron Meyer. Ooh, let's see if I can remember the other ones. Uh, Isaac Thorne. Rob Bukta. Lance Dale. And Silas Dahl. I think that's it, yeah. Uh, we really appreciate your support. Um, Especially around the holidays. <laughs> You know, th- holidays are a hard time for us. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so thanks so much, guys. Um, Taylor, if anyone else would like to contribute to the show um, and see their hard-earned dollars go down the drain, where can they go? <laughs> Get their name up in lights in a <laughs> podcast. Uh, they can head over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1, you can get exclusive monthly reviews like the one we're about to release uh, for The Birds. Movies chosen by our Patreon patrons. And uh, the more you give, the more you get. You can get your name in an episode. Get a, uh, or, you know, if, if you want to chip in $100, you can get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. Yeah. Taylor, Taylor will send you exclusive pictures. Yeah, I guess if you want them. <laughs> or maybe we'll, we'll live stream it exclusively to you. What if two people donate $100? Then you're getting one too, buddy. <laughs> what? I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> I don't think my wife would allow, allow that. <laughs> Whoopa! Fuck you. <laughs> so speaking of uh, workshop of horrors, you, you told us there was a new one in the works. Yeah, I know. Um, where's it? Where it? Where it be? Uh, I'm still working on it. <laughs> uh, I had some things come up that derailed a lot of things I was working on. So, uh, yeah, basically, my dog got really sick, and then I got sick, and um, it's just been really. Sick. Kind of a nightmare. <laughs> the whole thing has been very sick. Um, but anyway, I'm hoping to have it out before Christmas because it is Christmas themed. Oh. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed. Well, uh, uh, another thing we will have for you, and the Patreon patrons already know this because we live streamed it at the time, but we're going to have a new drunken cinema for you. Right. Yeah. We were supposed to release it last episode. And forgot. Or the one before that. Was it that long ago? (laughs) Oh, boy. Yes, we still have it. We still plan to release it. We just need to do that. Yep. (laughs) Yep, yep. Anyway. um, Cool. Anything else? I don't think so. All right. Well, now that we're almost 20 minutes into the show, (laughs) why don't we go ahead and jump into some horror business? Too much horror business, driving late at night, 
of me jumping. Jumping the line. Yeah, you do that every time. It's not funny anymore. What? <laughs> when have I done that? So many times. I don't know what you're talking about. You're lying. All right, starting out with some real-world horror. Not Christmas-themed, unfortunately. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't find any. Damn. Uh, in uh, East Yorkshire, Britain, uh, archaeologists have dug up a complete, like, an intact chariot. Well, I guess it doesn't say intact. No, it was. It was intact. Really? Yeah. That's in, not intense. That's not the right word. That's crazy. Crazy. Um, yes, they have unearthed a complete and intact chariot uh, from around the 3rd century. Right? Am I reading the right date here? No, that's something else. Never mind. Okay. <clears throat> Doesn't say how old it is. It's very old. Quite old. Much old. It's old enough that you'd have to dig it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good point of reference. Um, uh, and inside the said chariot uh, was a man found in a fetal position. Uh, and this was actually a, a grave that was a dug. I, at least I guess that's what they're presuming. Do they have anything clarifying why they know it's a grave? Because there's dead bodies in it. There are multiple bodies? Well, there was this body in this one, and then there was like another one that was like adjoining. Oh, okay. This is uh, from the Iron Age. The Iron Age, okay. So that's that's quite a, a long time ago. Um, the dead man was uh, believed to be about 40 years old, um, which was actually pretty old for the time. I think people were only living till like late 20s, early 30s at that time, if I had to guess. Yeah. <laughs> I sound so professional. Uh in my in my professional archaeological you know opinion because i studied in school no you didn't liar phony you're phony (laughs) um it uh it appears that he was a member of the elite and he was probably a warrior uh because he was interred with a shield um horses so so they apparently sacrificed some horses too um, horses were positioned to look like they were leaping out of the grave, and oh yeah, their heads were cut off. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> what was the point of that? I don't know. Why? Like, couldn't you just like hit it with a hammer or something? <laughs> I I don't know. Unless it was a ritualistic thing, maybe. Um, archaeological archaeologist—that's a word. Close enough. Uh, also unearthed a pair of 3rd century B.C. Iron Age graves near the town of Pocklington. <laughs> Britain's got the weirdest name towns. <laughs> uh, which may have been the result of bizarre vampire slaying rituals. Well, this took a turn. I mean, maybe the chariot guy was a vampire and that was a whole thing. Just Maybe that's why he had head- headless horse. I mean, is. I have heard stories of chariot riding vampires. There you go. Chariot riding vampire warriors. Um, Sounds like a weird Japanese movie. <laughs> uh, let's see. The first grave contained a male warrior believed to be the be t- believed to be between the ages of 17 and 25. 
and he may have been killed two or three times. What? Based on what? Science. It's like just because somebody has like three holes in their body doesn't mean they were killed three times. <laughs> doesn't not... mean they weren't. I mean, yeah, sure, <laughs> I guess. Um, uh, an examination of the skeleton found that his body had been pierced by nine spears nine times. That's so many times. Nine times? Nine times. Taylor. I don't know what you're doing. Ferris Bueller? Haven't you seen Ferris Bueller? (laughs) You need to calm down. Uh, I know it's Christmas and everybody's excited. Let's just bring it down a couple notches. Don't tell me what to do. You're not my mom. You're not my real dad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Nine spears with five with iron tips and four with bone ones. Good to know. How did they? I mean, were the spears still in him? Maybe. Because otherwise, how do you know? Why do you ask so many questions? <laughs> I have an analytical mind. What do you want me to do? Uh, the warrior was also found to have been bashed on the forehead. By the way, those he was pierced by the nine spears after he was already dead. Oh. Well, it's kind of a key. Then he was definitely a vampire, I guess. Well, obviously. The warrior have may, may have been feared for being a suspected vampire, and individuals were thought to be vampires were nu- neutralized. Neutralized. Through, neutralized through spearing <laughs> and chopped off the heads. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what happened. Anyway, Nito. Let's move on. Oh, were you still talking about it? I was I was just going to say that was the one thing about living in Santa Clara that I couldn't stand. All those damn vampires. All the damn vampires. Hey, look. Look what I did. It's a magic trick. <laughs> I did magic. <laughs> Santa, what did, I, did I say Santa Clara? Or did I say Santa Carla? Did I say it right or did I, I say I think it wrong? you said Santa Clara, Carla. Cla- did I say Clarla? Just cover all my bases? <laughs> just get it right in the middle. <laughs> So, Tony, yes, Taylor. what is the one property that you are absolutely begging for a remake of? Police Academy. What? <laughs> Why? Dude, Mahoney. <laughs> you going to recast Mahoney? Mahoney? Mahoney's boss. Are you going to recast Mahoney? Well, I don't think Gutenberg wants to play him anymore. Okay, if you were to recast Mahoney, who would you cast? Ooh. Ryan Reynolds. I was just going to say Ryan Reynolds. Yes. <laughs> but who's going to be Michael Winslow? Who? Who else can do that? Kevin Hart. Can he make those sound effects? He can just, just, just do it in post. <laughs> but that takes away all the... Fun, like the whole point of <laughs> just just bring back Michael. The Winslow. whole point of Michael Winslow was that he could do that. Just bring back Michael Winslow, even though he's like almost forty years older. <laughs> Don't mention it. Just act like it's not a thing. <laughs> All right. Well, they're not remaking Police Academy, womp, womp. but they are remaking Toxic Avenger uh, again. Again. Well, they're. I mean, they've talked about it how many times? Remember when Kevin Smith was going to remake it? 
I remember when Kevin Smith was going to remake a lot of things <laughs> that he was proposed, like supposedly like approached or like people wanted him to make these movies. It's like, I don't think, that, I don't think half of these are true. <laughs> uh, well, uh, legendary pictures, the company behind trick or treat and Krampus has just acquired the rights to toxic Avenger in order to make a remake of it. What? <laughs> anyway, uh, but good news is trauma founders Lloyd Coffin and Michael Hertz, Michael Hertz, who directed the 1984 original film, are on board to produce. Hey, so that's a thing. Uh, this is literally all the news we have on the story. <laughs> There's no writer or filmmaker attached yet, but you know, Toxie. Let's discuss what we want to see from a Toxic Avenger remake. Dark and gritty and rooted in realism. I hate you. <laughs> How do you, I mean that's what it's going to be. <laughs> I mean the the reason that Toxic Avenger worked it was because it was so off the wall. Yeah, it was so over the top. It was ridiculous. Like you could never take it seriously as a movie. No. But I mean the moment you try to change any element of that, it falls apart. It's it's like a keystone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I remember that was the rumor before is that they wanted to make a like big budget Toxic Avenger, which strike one. Yeah. And they wanted, they wanted to have it rooted in reality. And it's like, how the fuck do you do that with Toxic Avenger? You can't. You absolutely can't. And that's probably why it didn't happen. Because they're like, wait a minute, we can't do that. There is no reality to grasp onto in this. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, it's like as much as you can make like Spider-Man rooted in reality. Sure, yeah. Um. Or, you know, any superhero. Well, I mean, like... I mean, Iron... Spider-Man is the closest correlation because they're both, you know, a tox, something toxic that Radio- happened. Radioactive. That, radioactive that turned them into uh, superpowers. Radioactive Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. That's how it goes, right? You remember uh, Spider-Man, the animated series, or... Is that what it was called? Amazing Spider-Man. I don't know. The one that was on in the 90s on Fox Kids. Yeah. And Aerosmith did the theme song. (laughs) Remember when Neil Patrick Harris was the voice of Spider-Man for the show on MTV? Vaguely, yeah. I never really watched it because I didn't like the animation. Yeah. That's right. It was obnoxious. Remember when Toxic Avenger was an animated series? Yeah. The Toxic Crusaders. Yeah. It was amazing. (laughs) It was probably really bad. I I just think it was amazing because I was a kid. Because you're stupid. (laughs) I was dumb. (laughs) I was a dumb little kid. Um, it's like now being older because I definitely saw the cartoon before I saw the movie uh, and now being older having seen Toxic Avenger numerous times and it being kind of like in my you know probably top 50 movies I'd say um, it's like how did they make a cartoon out of this this is so adult <laughs> like whoever watched this movie and said hey that would make a good cartoon <laughs> for children Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. So what do you want to see out of a Toxic Avenger reboot? Or remake? Sorry, it's not a reboot. It's a remake. Um, the only thing that I really want to see improved upon um, is the makeup. And the makeup was good, in the, in the first one at least. For a movie that cost $37 to make, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that with uh, with a, quote, big budget... You could do some pretty cool things with uh, Toxie without changing the look, just making it more yeah. functional. Yeah. That's what I'd like to see. Aside from that, nothing. I want to see everything exactly the way it was. 
Who's going to play, what's his name, Melvin? Melvin, uh, yeah. Who's, I don't know. You I mean, mean, some scraggly little wiener kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Can't think of anyone. It's going to have to be somebody new. Yeah. I mean, n- nobody who has a career going would do that. <laughs> Except maybe like Jay Barshell. He's too old. Is he? Yeah. Isn't he about our age? Uh, yeah, I think so. Wasn't Melvin like a teenager? I mean, yeah, but that guy wasn't a teenager. <laughs> um, anyway. Back in the day, Jay Barrel Shout would have been perfect, actually. Yeah. Because he's a skinny little wiener. <laughs> yeah, he's a skinny little wiener kid. Skinny little wiener Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. He's got that, like, wiener voice. <laughs> you know, the, the kind of voice where you, where you hear it and you're like, Man, that kid's a wiener. You're just like, oh man, I don't want to fight that guy. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, this is probably gonna happen and it's probably gonna be bad. Yeah. I mean, legendary just makes everything. Wait, no, wait. Is that Lionsgate. That's that's Lionsgate. what makes everything. Lionsgate makes everything. <sighs> anyway. They're gonna work on this once they finish Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, Doherty will work on Trick or Treat 2 when he's done with Godzilla? No. Probably not. I have no faith in that guy anymore. You hear that? You hear that, Doherty? Because I know you're a listener. <laughs> you broke this little kid's heart. Our first episode, we announced Trick or Treat 2. I know. And that was five years ago. Yep. Five years ago. It's never going to happen. <laughs> no. But Toxie is. Hey, maybe we'll see. So GDT is just a busy man, busy, busy like a little bee, busy bee. Yep. Busy G D T, huh? Yeah, notorious G D T. Yep, you know the guy. You cocksucker. <laughs> uh, well, among his other numerous projects that he's apparently working on all at the same time, add to the list an American remake of Terrified. Speaking of uh, speaking of which, do you hear uh, Scary Stories got a release date? I saw news about Scary Stories, but I didn't read into it. Is that what's going on? Mm-hmm. What's the date? Uh, I think it's May, like late May. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Excited. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, uh, for those of you who are not aware, Terrified is an Oh, art- sorry, August. August. That's like three months longer, man. Sorry. Uh, the original, or sorry, uh, okay, Terrified is an Argentinian horror film directed by Damien R- Rugna, is that right? Rucha? I mean, it's, it's Portuguese, so it's, it could be anything. Do they speak Portuguese in Argentina? I mean, it's Argentinian. I mean, I thought they spoke Spanish there. A lot of people speak a lot of things. <laughs> Um, <laughs> did you ever see this? I have not seen it. No, 
I know Alex really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. No, fuck those guys. <laughs> or that guy and that lady. <laughs> because we're we're better. Listen to us. <laughs> yeah, you definitely can't listen to both. That's not an option. <laughs> um, but no, I, I I've seen Terrified. I think it's on like Shutter. It's on Netflix. It's on. Okay, I've seen it and I just I haven't watched it. Um, that's my story. <laughs> I'm sticking to it. <laughs> um. Anyway, but uh, so uh, Del Toro is producing it uh, it's going to be an english language remake uh, of the original uh with damien with the uh with damien regna on board to direct so okay so he's directing the, the remake then yeah you don't see that very often no you don't i mean i've seen it before it's mostly this kind of stuff where it's like an, an american remake of a foreign movie yeah um so you know what's gonna have the same feel faithful yeah yeah um and uh looks like uh, it's being done under Fox Searchlight. So that's something. That is a thing. Um for those of you like me that have not watched Terrified, uh the story goes like this. Because of his fascination with the paranormal, a police officer on the brink of retirement is asked to investigate a series of strange deaths happening doors apart from each other. There he meets a famed paranormal investigator who is looking into a disappearance in the area as well. Together with another paranormal enthusiast, they look into these strange incidents and uncover a terrifying connection. Do you think that the connection is paranormal in nature? Probably. Do you think it's? Do you think that? Why is it always a, a detective who's like one day away from retirement? <laughs> Riggs, <laughs> too old for this shit. <clears throat> Because who tells a, a a story better than a crotchety old man who just wants to sleep? <laughs> um, neat. All right, so who's going to play the police officer on the brink of retirement? Um, Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Danny Glover, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> that guy's so old. He <laughs> he's, should... he's too old for this shit. <laughs> He he's he's gone beyond getting too old, and now he's officially too old. <laughs> uh, and then the paranormal investigator is uh, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> there we go. And then the the third paranormal enthusiast is Jay Brashell. <laughs> we got to think of a third Canadian to put in it. Oh, instead of Danny Glover. Yeah. Uh, Unless Danny Glover gets his Canadian uh, citizenship. Mike Myers. <laughs> Nobody's going to take it seriously. Uh, Just put him in makeup and give him a different name. That's apparently what he's doing with his career now. That's true. You haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, have you? Nope. He's in there and uh, he plays this their their first producer. Um, and uh, or not producer, but the guy that on the the guy that run the first label that they were on, and uh, they recorded Bohemian Rhapsody. And he's like telling them that it's shit and nobody wants to, nobody will ever want to listen to it because it's like six and a half minutes long. Uh, it was just funny, like hearing Mike Myers, aka Wayne Campbell, say that Bohemian Rhapsody was a bad oh, song. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it like, that was kind of like in like the, within the first half of the movie, like I'd say 
between a quarter and half of the movie, somewhere in there, whatever that section of the pie is. Uh, and it was closer to the end of the movie before that joke. I don't know if it was like intended to be like a specific joke, but like that's when it landed. Yeah. (laughs) It was just rattling around in my head through the entire movie. And I'm like, Oh (laughs) yeah. Anyway. So are you hyped about this or what? Yeah, man. So, you know, Guy Reynolds and Jay Barshell. And produced by Guillermo del Toro. Right. Directed by Damien. <laughs> I think it's funny that GDT, a Mexican, is making a bunch of English, like American <laughs> English speaking language or uh, movies. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's where the money is, but. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, you want to talk about something else now? Yes. Okay. (laughs) God. Shut up. So speaking of Netflix, they have won a bidding war for the true story known as The Watcher. And I feel like we did this story as a real world horror story at one point, if I remember correctly. Uh... Oh, yes. Yes, we did. Uh, in June 2014, so this was a while ago, were preparing to move with their three children into a dream house they had just bought for $1.3 million in Tony Westfield. That doesn't seem right. I don't know who Tony Westfield is. That's that's my town. I made it. I made it in some city. They moved in and Derek found a peculiar welcome letter in the mailbox addressed to the new occupant. The anonymous writer detailed his long history with the house and divulged details about the family that were more than disturbing as the letter went on. How did you end up here? The writer asked. Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? Uh, The letter went on, 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and it approaches its 110th birthday. I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think that there are three that I have counted. This is. Uh, do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? This is where it kind of takes a real dark turn. <laughs> Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family, or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. <laughs> Pack up, kids. We're going home. <laughs> yep. Uh, fuck that. Fuck that right in the ass. So Netflix beat out uh, Blumhouse, which would have made a, a terrible movie. Yep. Uh, Paramount, Bad Robot, Amazon, and Fox. Uh, they're paying seven figures just for the rights on top of whatever they're going to pay to make the movie. But they're paying seven figures just for the rights, which includes the original news article as well as the homeowner's likeness rights. That's a lot of money. Yeah. 
I mean, and you have to assume it's not like $1 million like on the dot. I would assume not. <laughs> so that means it's more than a million dollars. Possibly multiple million dollars. Several million. But not more than nine. Many millions. Right. Not more than... Well, not more than $9,999,999. Because then it would be a billion. Eight. No. Ten figures. Yeah. Ten. Ten figures. Ah, ah, ah. Um, yeah. Yeah, when it starts talking about the kids and young blood, it's just like... The young blood. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's time to go. Yeah. That's, like, not quite to the level of, like, Amityville shit, but, like, I mean, it's creepier because it's not, like, a supernatural thing. It's There's somebody who's watching you. Yeah. I mean, you could be a tough guy and, like, put a letter back in the mailbox and said, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, like, hey, show your fucking face around here, asshole. <laughs> fight me, bro. <laughs> why you, why you want to fight me, bro? <laughs> um, Movie. Um, I wonder if they're gonna like, like strictly base it on what happened and you know uh, dramatize that, or if they're gonna like make it into something else. Make it into something would have made it paranormal. Yeah, it would have been uh, really spooky and like have a lot of uh, things jumping out at you. Yeah, You'd be so startled. And it would have been PG thirteen. <laughs> yeah, but you know you'd, you'd definitely leave that theater startled. Oh yeah, for like, sure. Startled to your bone. <laughs> And then you'd go home at night and you'd sleep so well because you were so startled and it's not scary, so you wouldn't have nightmares. But yeah, so this is going to be cool. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. It's going to have Ryan Reynolds and Jay Baruchel in it. Ryan Reynolds is the head of the family and Jay Baruchel as the watcher. <laughs> the titular watcher. How am I supposed to take him seriously as a bad guy? Really? <laughs> He's such a weird. He's got such a weird. Especially against Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds will beat the shit out of him. Yeah, he's he is Deadpool <laughs> and Green Lantern. You're fucked. <laughs> oh man. Uh kind of side note on the CW shows, they did a big crossover event and they made a reference to the Green Lantern, and I just kind of fangirled a little bit. <laughs> it was awesome because they brought back I, I told you this, they brought back um John Wesley Ship as the nineties Flash. Yeah, from a from a different Earth, like in a different dimension, he comes into Earth One and talks to all the you know the heroes that we know and love, and he sees uh, Oliver Queen's partner John Diggle. He looks in, and so in the comics, John Stewart is um, uh, a Green Lantern, like there's Hal Jordan, but then there's John Stewart, <clears throat> and he comes over and he says, "Don't, oh, John, you're not wearing your ring." Things must be different on this earth. It's like, ah! <laughs> because he's a black guy. Yeah. And so is John Stewart. Gotcha. Anyway. <laughs> um, I'll probably watch this because it'll be on Netflix. Yeah, because I don't have to pay anything for it. Yeah. And you know, I, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Jay Byershaw can go wrong. <laughs> it's a winner. <laughs> Do you think that we could recast every movie with John? Ryan Reynolds and Joy J. Brown. I mean, we could, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be good. But. What if you what if you recast like um When Harry met Sally? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll have what he's having. Or like uh The Mighty say, Ducks. 
I was going to say dragnet, but you probably actually could make that work. I would watch the shit out of I that. I would so watch that. <laughs> but, I mean, not like the TV series dragnet, like the goofy film version. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with Aykroyd. Yeah. He's a douchebag. And Tom Hanks, who's just a treasure. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah, that's enough of that. <laughs> We're done with this. <laughs> So, TBS, the channel we know as Knowing Funny. I think that's their slogan, right? We know funny. Is it still? I think so. They have a lot of comedy shows. Yeah. I think that's like how they're making their bones these days. Okay. Uh, there, there are at least two shows that my parents keep like keep asking me if I've watched them. Like, no, I don't no, watch God cable. No, goddammit. I have cable, but I don't watch it because I'm a millennial. <laughs> I, pay, I pay for things I don't use. <laughs> Um, anyway, TBS is developing a paranormal series with, get this, one Tom DeLong. Naturally. Now, you may be thinking, no, surely not the guy from Blink-182, and you would be wrong. <laughs> it the is, very same. It is exactly the guy from Blink-182. Uh, it's going to be titled Strange Times, and it's going to be based on DeLong's graphic novel of the same name. Oh, so this is okay. I thought this was going to be like a like a reality series. But. That's what I thought at first when I first heard about it. I was gonna, thought it was going to be like a uh, uh, unsolved mysteries or something. I thought it was hosted gonna be like, by Tom DeLonge. I thought it was going to be like him chasing aliens and like it's like oh no, we we just missed him this time. <laughs> kind of like every ghost show ever. Yeah. You ever watched uh, Gone Squatching? <laughs> nope. Like, you know how in every episode of Ghost Adventures they find something? No. Are you being sarcastic? No. Like, with Zach Baggins, every single episode, there's something. Something scratches his back every fucking episode. Oh, yeah. This is the exact opposite. <laughs> every episode, they find jack shit. And there's like seven seasons of this fucking show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's kind of like this, uh, um, uh, it's like the mystery of Oak Island or something like that. Where there's there's like this island, I forget exactly where it is, uh, where there's presumably like something buried underneath the island. Don't know what it is, don't know what secrets it holds, but the season the show has been going for like five seasons and these guys are still fucking digging for this treasure. <laughs> and it's like there's been some interesting stuff along the way, but no treasure. Or, or no they they haven't uncovered anything that they're looking for. And they've been they've been dumping millions of dollars into this. Yeah, like on Gone Squatch, and they just go to different locations and they like bang wood together, and they go Ooh! for like half an hour, and then they go home. <laughs> Watch Nizgoda's going to leave a comment on our website telling me how wrong I am. Oh fuck him! It's going to be like, oh, this one episode, dude, dude. I'll just lay some truth on him that uh, Sasquatch is not real. <laughs> Oh, now you've done it. Oh, you've invoked Nesgoda. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Okay, so Strange Times began as an interactive website where people shared weird paranormal stories, and a lot of them with cre credible evidence. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Who decided that? Him? <laughs> yeah, because everything on the internet is credible. Yeah. It's like, this is the same guy who thinks he's still in a band that he was, like, fired from. <laughs> he's like, no. He was replaced with fucking Matt Skiba. Yeah. He's like, he's just holding my space until I decide I'm done chasing aliens. <laughs> fucking clown. <laughs> Uh, that helped inspire the story behind the graphic novel and also a prose novel that I published. Uh, the gang of characters in the story is based on the tribe of degenerate skateboarders that I grew up with. Right around the same time, I started my band, Blink-182. His band. My, my band. <laughs> His band that he's not currently in. <laughs> Remember that. Uh, the story is also set in the same town. Charlie, the main character, is a... Oh, it's also set in the same town. Charlie, the main character, is a bit of myself, a boy searching for answers, trying to find a way out of suburbia, but laughing with his ridiculous, irreverent friends along the way. So for Charlie, I'm thinking uh, Jay Baruchel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And maybe like his best friend could be like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> or a Ryan Reynolds type. <laughs> we... Uh, uh, Danny Glover could be like the uh, the f- the the mean and crotchety, but then friendly old alien guy. <laughs> old alien guy. Yeah, the old alien chaser. He's like, oh, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> He's one day away from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> the entire series. <laughs> I think we're onto something here. <laughs> Let's take some meetings <laughs> with Tom DeLonge. What is happening? Oh, to to us or the world? Yes, <laughs> they are going haywire. 2016 changed everything. <laughs> is he trying to watch this on TBS? <laughs> no, damn it! I don't watch cable. <laughs> I think the only thing I watch on TBS is basketball. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> It's like if I was a Braves fan. No, that's TNT, I think. No, maybe TBS. I don't know. They're it's both like, owned by the same companies. Yeah. It could be either one. But I don't watch the Braves, so. Yeah, fuck the Braves. So there's that. Coming soon to your TV. Hey there, sleepy smile. I see you brought your bedroom. Tony. Yes, Tinder. You read a lot of creepypastas? Nope. Are you familiar with the Russian sleep experiment? I am not. Well, you are in luck, because it is getting a film adaptation, so you won't have to read it. Yes. <laughs> I fucking hate reading things. <laughs> uh, the story is about it. Soviet researchers who used an experimental stimulant back in the 1940s to keep five people awake for 15 consecutive days. Uh, things then went haywire. As they would. I, I have not read the story, but I read what it's about. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to spoil it for you? Yeah, I'm not going to read it. You're not going to watch the movie? Oh, the mo- eh, I mean, whatever. All right, well, spoiler alert. Uh, apparently, one of them gets killed by the others, but they like cover up all the cells with newspaper and poop. They use the poop to stick the newspaper up. Sure, yeah. And then uh, when... <laughs> As you do. 
It's a great adhesive. When they when the scientists finally get inside, they find out that these people have like mutilated themselves, and they're like standing in inches of blood. And this experiment has given them like super strength, and it, now if they sleep, they die. I don't think that's science. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's how things work. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Interesting. But so, I mean... Those wacky Russians. You know, there could be some crazy gore effects in this. I mean, yeah. Provided that uh, you know, the right people are backing it. Yeah. Well, um, Barry Anderson is directing. I looked him up and I saw a bunch of shorts that I'd never heard of. Neat. So, yeah. Uh, it's being called a psychological thriller. Which means there's probably not going to be a lot of gore in it. Oh. Uh, Anderson has pulled together an ensemble cast of international actors to tell the suspenseful story of a married research team who, under close watch of the Red Army, set out to study the effects of forced sleep deprivation on four patients locked inside an observation chamber for 30 days. Uh, they're going to be played by Ryan Reynolds and Jay Barge. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, uh, they're going to be played by Argentinian actress Eva de Dominici, who's playing Dr. Anna Antonoff. Uh, she's from You Shall Not Sleep, so she's kind of pigeonholed. What? Because this is a sleep experiment, and she was in a movie called You Shall Not Sleep. Pigeonholed. I don't think I know that term pigeonholed pigeonholed got it <laughs> i thought you said pitch and hold like i don't know what that means <laughs> it doesn't mean anything it's nonsense <laughs> it's not, it's just, it's just gibberish uh her husband leo leo uh, he's gonna be played leo. by polish actor rafal oh boy uh <laughs> <laughs> zawiruka who is playing roman polanski in quentin tarantino's upcoming once upon a time in hollywood uh-huh uh, the USSR captain Yegor Sokolov is played by Russian actor Evgeny Krutov, who is going to be in Stranger Things Season 3. And he represents the overshadowing Red Army back in Moscow overseeing the experiment. Uh, the four test patients are going to be played by Minnesota-based actors Charles Hubble from Walking with the Enemy, whatever that is. Uh, Paul Cram from Wilson, whatever that is. Michael Villar from Skin, whatever that is. And Chris Kattan. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, that came out of left field, right? <laughs> That's like is that their star power. It's like that's what that's what he's gonna, what's going to put asses in seats. It's like, oh my god, is that the guy from Night at the Roxbury? <laughs> is that Corky Romano? <laughs> it's the Mango. <laughs> Uh, makeup artist Chris Ballast, that's Chris, um, or Christ, maybe his name is Christ, I don't know, uh, but he won an Academy Award for Star Trek. Okay. Uh, he's going to be executive producing and serving as the production designer, which is going to call for a, building a period-accurate Soviet bunker meant to resemble an isolated 1940s test facility. I can't imagine that would be very hard. I wouldn't think so. Just make like a, put up some fake metal walls and just a, like a dank basement. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't say if he's going to be doing any kind of like makeup effects or anything. He's just production designer. So. Mm -hmm. uh, this is going to start um, filming in spring of 2019, and they're going to start shipping it around both domestically and internationally. All right. So 
Could be cool. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, it reminds me of something. <laughs> I can't think of what. You know what? Never mind. It's, All right. It's whatever. <laughs> um, cool. Are you, are you hyped? No. No. I'm intrigued. Sure. But, I mean, you'll see anything with Chris Kattan. <laughs> well, yeah. He is my celebrity crush. <laughs> He's your freebie? <laughs> yeah. He's my hall pass. <laughs> I mean, he's the mango. <laughs> oh, God, I hated that bit so much. <laughs> Our Mr. Peepers. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time The Rock hosted uh, SNL, he did Papa Peepers. Yeah. That's so dumb. That was dumb. But it's The Rock. So it's awesome. So it's awesome. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for uh, Horror Business, guys. Yep. We made it. Yep. That was a slog. <laughs> it was. But it was a good time. We had we, 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 we have fun. We were merry all the way. No, that's not. Jingle all the way. We, we jingle all the way. That's what it was. That doesn't make sense. Shut up. <laughs> Quiet you. Okay, so um, should we just follow la 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 all the way to the... that 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 sounded better in my head. You are really forcing this Christmas thing. It's Christmas. You gotta put a little love in your heart, Taylor. Let's we, we could take a sleigh ride to the film reviews. Should we, uh, so okay. Should we just move a la la la? No, that doesn't work. That's that's terrible. (laughs) Okay, film reviews. (laughs) Merry Christmas. All right, guys. Are you ready to jingle your balls to these? Christmas movie reviews. That's that's terrible. I don't know. <laughs> Stop. I'm not gonna do this anymore. <laughs> this ruined my Christmas spirit. Thanks, Taylor. You're welcome. Okay, so we do have two Christmas theme reviews, as we do, because it's Christmas. Right. <laughs> um, which one would you like to start with, Taylor? Uh, let's start with sleigh bells. It's Christmas Eve, and we're on our way to what might be the most exciting urban exploring adventure. And you never know what dirty things will come your way. I dare you to eat this. My property and I'm Santa and that thing out there that is no animal and I'm the tooth fairy I'm Santa and that's Krampus the devil of Christmas okay what is going on you have to save the world from that monster out there I do think we made Santa's naughty list. 
Okay, Sleigh Bells is the ninth studio album and second Christmas album from American singer and drag queen RuPaul. Wait, I think I have the wrong Wikipedia page. <laughs> uh, Sleigh Bells is the directorial debut of one spooky Dan Walker. All right, of Dread Central fame. Yep, this is a Dread Central Presents film. Um, So, we are introduced at the beginning to the Adventure Girls, uh, Alexi, Dahlia, and Sadie. Alexi is played by Christina Klebe, who you might recognize from Rob Zombie's Halloween. Oh, yeah, I do. Big time. Yep. She's naked. Yep. <laughs> That's how I remember. Uh, Sadie is played by Hannah Wagner, who apparently hasn't been heard or seen from in like three years. <laughs> what? The girl who plays Sadie, Hannah Wagner. Apparently, she's like disappeared off the face of the earth. No one knows where she is. Really? Yeah, she was like a YouTube star. Yeah. And she's like disappeared and no one knows where she is. This movie's that old? Um, I I guess. Interesting. <clears throat> I mean, it just came out, but I guess it was like like since it's been filmed, I think it's it's been she's been missing. Huh. Interesting. But people think that she like got married and so she quit her YouTube and I know that she, like I was reading about her. Apparently her like internet name is uh Hannah Minx. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she was a big YouTube star. I don't know exactly what exact what it was that she did on YouTube, um, but uh, huh, yeah, weird. I didn't know yeah. about that. Yeah, I, just, I read an interview with Spooky Dan, and he was talking about it. And he was like, you know, I hope that wherever she is, she's happy. And if she wants to come back and make a sequel, we'll do we'll, we'll do that. Then he talked about like doing like a meta sequel that was like the search for Sadie. <laughs> but he was like, we wouldn't do that unless we found her first, like, right? <laughs> uh, but anyways, um. Dahlia and Sadie are these adventure girls. They're YouTube stars where they go around to like abandoned old places and they break in and they just kind of run around and act crazy. And then they steal one thing and they leave. Yeah. Apparently they have followers. Yeah. Cause they're hot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dahlia is played by Susan Slaughter who uh, was from ghost hunters. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, She's pretty cute. She's a little cutie. Yeah. Cutie pie. She pulled her tits out, too. She did. I appreciated that. <laughs> the only boobs you got in the movie, too. Yep. Which is unfortunate. Yep. But, you know, you take what you can get. Yeah. <laughs> so, Christina Klebe is their that friend. sounded weird. Who, <laughs> who is joining them for this adventure because she loves Christmas. And they're going to Santa Land, which is like an abandoned amusement park. Yeah, this is actually filmed at Santa's Village uh, up uh, in in California, kind of like, um, uh, shit, I can't remember exactly the area. I don't know. It was it, like, basically the story they tell in this movie is very similar to the story of the real place. It, like, opened in the 60s. It was like a year-round Christmas-themed theme park. Um, and it shut down sometime like the mid to late nineties and then reopened under new management. And now it's like a, um, like a, I think it's like a ski place in the winter, um, and like a mountain biking range in, in the off seasons. And then they have this Santa's village that is like, I get, like I said, this year round Christmas theme amusement park. So oh, interesting. Yeah. I was kind of wondering where like they found this place but yeah no it's a real place <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like totally abandoned so they're just like running around and like humping candy canes and just 
acting like children basically yeah just like doing like weird kind of slutty things just for the sake of it yeah they're not really doing anything like there's no like end game it's they're just running around and yeah it's yelling yeah it's like um ah oh shit what was max like extreme stunt show on always Sunny? project badass project badass <laughs> kind of like that where like they present themselves as like these hard ass like criminals or whatever but they just don't really do anything yeah there's just, like a lot of b and e and that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah pretty much um but so they sneak into a, is it a freezer is it what the area was that said to keep out um i think so yeah all right well they're in this freezer and all of a sudden this huge hairy creature comes in and starts doing something it's He's spitting on fur. What is what it looks like? He's doing things creepy. He's just being creepy. Creepy monster things. Yeah. So then they run away and uh, it chases them. And then all of a sudden, this big biker dude. Well, not big biker dude. It's Barry Boswick. <laughs> Barry Boswick. Who's Barry Boswick? <laughs> you remember that commercial? Nope. It was. Uh, I think it was like a Pepsi commercial or something. He's the the mayor from Spin, Spin City, City. Yep. and the Wasp from Scrubs. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he comes out and he tackles the creature and he tells him, you know, you got to get out of here. And they're like, oh, we can't. Our van's been towed by Darren Lynn Bousman. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun little cameo. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Like, I know he produced this, but. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Yeah. But yeah. Come to find out it's uh, you're getting your hot breath all over me. Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the Krampus. And uh, Barry Boswick is Santa Claus. Just falling in a long line of Jews playing Santa Claus. <laughs> it, it takes him a long time to convince them that he's Santa Claus. Right. Even though he magically turns from a biker into Santa Claus. Yeah. And he has like a magic staff. Yeah. Like how many how many guys you know that have a magic staff? Like seven. <laughs> yeah. That narrows it down a lot. <laughs> And I believe all of them. But he talks about how he has to, he freezes Krampus, and uh, he lets him out once a year. Is that right? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I don't remember that part of it. No. I, that he, I remember that he like escaped or something. Yeah. So he's saying, you know, they got to get him back by midnight, or else he's going to be free to run the earth or roam the earth forever. Mm-hmm. And so they all like. You know, gear up and get all badass, and along with this uh, this park ranger <laughs> slash volunteer cop. I didn't understand this police department. No, at all. It didn't make any sense because, they, like, the sheriff he's wearing a sheriff's department shirt and a badge, but then everybody else are wearing like black uniforms and blue uniforms and they're all police and sheriff and it's the sheriff department with the police department. This is not how it works. This is not how any of this works. Yeah, and they also let a park ranger just like do police work. Right. That's not that's not how things work. This police force is made up of Richard Mole and Rob Galuzzo. <laughs> Fucking Bull from Night Court. Bull from Night Court and uh, Rob from Dread Central. Right. Um, and Icons of Fright and whatever that podcast is. And he does uh, Dread Sensor Presents. That's right. So, you know, he probably put himself in there. 
It's like, hey, <laughs> you want funding? <laughs> you know, fucking holler. <laughs> I'll let you boy. Uh, God, I just, there's like not a lot to this movie. There's really not. <laughs> like they break into this park. They, you know, raise some version of hell. They raise hack. Hack. <laughs> And then, yeah, uh, Krampus. And Krampus uh, is probably the most, like, as far as, like, if you look at, like, old paintings from, like, the 30s and, you know, and onwards of uh, of Krampus, like, from, like, greeting cards and stuff, uh, this is probably the most true to that. Yeah, it's pretty accurate um, depiction. Yeah. I mean, you know, as, like, who's to, like, who's exactly to say what Krampus looks like? Because... You know, if you look at Krampus from Michael Doherty's film or Krampus from American Horror Story. Well, we never got to Christmas see story. Krampus in Michael Doherty's film. That's the thing that bugs me the most about that movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, I mean, he wears a cloak, which is not typical. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then, uh, or, you know, like I said, or the Krampus from uh, uh, a Christmas Horror Story. Um, or uh, Rare Exports. The Swedish movie? Oh yeah, okay. Forgot about that. Anyway, there's lots of different versions of Krampus, and this one seemed to stick pretty closely to like ones you see on old Krampus knock greeting cards. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, like Krampus chases them. Santa says, oh, "We we can't kill Krampus because he's tied to me." Yeah, like we're like one and the same, and so anything you do to him, you do to me, and vice versa. Uh, and that's kind of like a, a catch pretty much the entire movie. It's like they're trying to capture Krampus, but they can't kill him. Yep. So Santa has to freeze him somehow. Right. Turn him into a Krampus pop. Yeah. And then there's the little, there's the hairballs that Krampus is carrying around. Which are just like little things that just. They're, they look like little uh, Langoliers. Sure. <laughs> I was going to say tribbles, but like tribbles with mouths. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like they don't really come into play until later in the movie. Like he's just barfing them into boxes and then they just kind of, and then like there. bleeding on them. Yeah. I didn't really understand it. I didn't understand a lot of this movie. Yeah. And you know, the thing was, it's like, uh, I, I tried to watch this really late at night cause it's like, okay, I'm running out of time and I gotta, I gotta watch this when I can. So, you know, my time, I usually go to bed at 11 on weeknights. I started this at 11. <laughs> Uh, and I think I was out like halfway through the movie, but like I was kind of in and out. So it's like, I'm seeing things intermittently. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And then I watched it the next day. I'm like, well, that didn't really help. Yeah, no, it's a lot of stuff just kind of happens and it's not anything that's based in any kind of folklore. And then it also never really gets explained. Yeah. But man, we're. Burn right through this. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea how to stretch this out. You know, our original plan was to watch Anna and the Apocalypse. Yeah. Which we mentioned in the last episode and didn't address on this one. Right, I forgot about that. But yeah, it was playing at one theater. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, we're not going to go out of our way to fucking watch that. So this is on VOD, so we're going to watch this instead. Yeah. I mean, I would like to watch Anna and the Apocalypse. I just wasn't going to watch it on a schedule. Yeah, exactly. If it was, you know, more widely available, then sure. Yeah, I mean, the theater in my town is about 10 minutes away from me. If I could have seen it there, I definitely would have seen it. Yeah. Um, But anyway, 
anyway, um, yeah, I don't know what else to talk about. Oh, Simone from Pee Wee's in this. Wait, who? The bartender? Oh, Simone. I was thinking of Dottie. No, no, no. <laughs> That's why she looks so familiar. Okay. Yeah. Tell um, me about your big butt, Simone. <laughs> um, yeah, and no, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking the other movie. Never mind. I was going to say there's a lot of little bit parts from actors we've seen in other movies, but that's that's the other one. Yeah, this one is like you got the cameo by Darren Lynn Bousman. Richard Mull is in it for two minutes. Yeah, I don't I don't know why he was in it at all. Yeah. He just like had this like little soliloquy where he just creeped you out a little bit and then that was kind of it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, boy, what a waste of Richard Mull's time. <laughs> I mean, you had Bull from Night Court and that's how you use him? Um, the guy that plays the park ranger, he's not a good actor. Really not. He kind of like slowed everything down. <laughs> yeah. And like the the movie opens in the middle, where like mm-hmm. he's waking up and he's like, "Who are you people? Why do you have my gun? Who tased me?" And then it's just like you know, flashback. What was it? Three days or something? Uh, was it that a, far? I think it was just like a day. It might, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Try to stretch this out, but I feel like we're just gonna start repeating yeah, ourselves. Yeah, we're just kind of talking in circles. I don't. I don't know what else to say. I really don't. Like I said, there's the the movie itself does not have. I mean, it's only seventy seven minutes long. Yeah, and there's not a lot that happens. Like the first, I would say probably the first, the whole first act is like them breaking into the Santa Land and just kind of being mischievous. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, this is great. When do we get to the Krampus? Yeah. about it and then there's like there's no like big fight scene or anything no the ending is really anticlimactic it also didn't make any sense not really no it just and it just it just kind of happens like there's no real build up to it there's no tension it's just kind of like and here we go yep and scene yeah um yeah and then there's this little like not even halfway through the credits there's a little quote unquote stinger where it's just like the three girls walk up to the camera and like I think they stab it with a they they crush it with their weapons I don't know if I saw that or not you probably turned it off right when it was over maybe <laughs> um yeah uh so I mean The girls were fine. I mean, they're not going to get any awards for it, I think. Yeah. Barry Bostwick was fine. He was, you know, kind of funny as Santa Claus. It's it's funny because he's like, Santa Claus is just kind of a regular guy. Like, he's not like this, you know, majestic, you know, jolly guy. He's just, he's just a guy. Yeah. It was kind of given a lives in California, not even at the North. Right. It kind of gives a backstory to it, too, because, like, he says that, uh, um, you know, for years he delivered presents on Christmas Eve and, you know, brought joy to children. But over time, things just became so commercialized and, you know, there were people <laughs> dressing up as him in malls. Um, and he said, there just wasn't a need for me anymore. So I moved here and I opened this theme park 
and did that for so many years. And then I can't remember why it shut down. I don't know if it even mentioned it. I don't remember. But anyway, so that was a you know kind of an interesting backstory. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's, he's just foul-mouthed, and so it was kind of funny, just Santa being a kind of an asshole. Yeah, and like the little twist at the end was, it was, you know, it was funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess that's kind of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm seeing a lot of very positive reviews about it, which I'm a little bit surprised by. Um, I mean, I didn't have a fundamental problem with it. It was fine. Uh, you know, I got some laughs from it. Um, it was, uh, I guess, fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like I said, you know, it, I'm making it sound like it's a, a slow movie to get through, but it's, it moves along quickly. It's just that not a lot necessarily happens. It's a lot of, you know, like them causing the mischief or there's like, you know, a montage of them preparing to go fight Krampus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, that's it moves along well. And that stuff is, is fun to watch. Like I said, it's only 77 minutes, so it's a quick watch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. The movie itself, it's like I said, fine. There's nothing really negative to say about it. And I mean, it's it's kind of a, a goofy horror movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean even saying it's a horror movie is kind of a reach. Yeah, it's but. kind of a uh, adventure horror comedy. Right. I'm trying to think of something you can relate it to, but kind of drawing a blank here. Yeah. But I don't know. I've said my piece about it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the acting was fine apart from the the one guy I thought was not very good, but yeah. and. You know, Rob Galuzzo was not very good, but that's that's why he's a journalist. <laughs> um, I'll give it a six. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a five. All right, that's fine. You give it, it a five. It is fine. I don't need your approval. <laughs> so five and a six. From the Grave Plot Podcast. Yep. Could be worse. Yeah. All right. So the next film that we're going to be talking about is uh, another Shutter exclusive movie uh, that just came out uh, exclusively on Shutter. On <laughs> uh, it's all the creatures we're stirring. I got everything. <laughs> Is dinner ready yet? Merry Christmas! On I can't wait to watch you all die. <laughs> all alone on Christmas chip. You sure you don't want to wait in the van? You know what? I should wait by my car. You'll be visited by three ghosts. Pure poppycock. Someone will open a gift, and the next person can steal someone else's already opened gift. This is gonna be so much fun! (laughs) 
Hey guys, come check out this star. We really should have fired you. Anything's better than being alone on Christmas Eve. All right, all the creatures are stirring. It is uh, like I said, brand new movie. Um, it's only on Shutter. Is it only on Shutter? No, it's available on VOD platforms too. Okay, but it is a sh- it's a, a quote Shutter exclusive. Like it's or just it's a Shutter film. Yeah, Shutter released it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, it is an anthology film. <laughs> that being the case, I'm really gonna try and keep things brief i don't know our last one was so short maybe you can make up the time (laughs) um but uh i mean the thing about this is a lot of anthologies are three maybe four movie or their stories this one has technically five stories right or did Uh, i miscount it it really only has four okay well four but they're kind of long are they maybe it's just so, so this was another one I had to rewatch it because I fell the fuck asleep. <laughs> a very long week. It was hard to sit through a movie. Um, so maybe okay, yeah, maybe it just seemed long to me. That's right. It was only an hour and a half or an hour. And it's only eighty minutes. Eighty minutes. Yeah. Um, both these are short movies, and that's really short for an anthology. It is, especially with four stories. I can't believe it seems so long with. Maybe it's just because I had to watch it twice. I don't know. Anyway, uh, this was directed and written by Rebecca McKendry and David Ian McKendry. Uh, this is their feature debut. Rebecca McKendry is one of the hosts of uh, the Brainwaves. No. What's the Blumhouse podcast? Oh, Shockwaves? Shockwaves. I did not know that. Yep. I don't listen to that, so <laughs> I don't have anything to do with a Blumhouse podcast. <laughs> Um, anyway, so this is, um, as anthologies do, it starts with a wraparound story, um, uh, about Max and Jenna, apparently, like, I don't recall them ever being addressed by name, but apparently they have names, not just guy one and guy, or and woman one. I remember her calling him Max, but I don't remember him ever saying Jenna. Interesting. Um, but Max and Jenna, Max played by the, the, uh. The always great Graham Skipper. The incomparable Graham Skipper. <laughs> um, who, uh, they were, it's like a first date, I guess. It is a first date, yeah. Yeah. Um, on Christmas Eve, which is a weird time to have a first date, but whatever. But they're both orphans. So they're going to be orphans together. Sure. That's how things work. That was his smooth line. <laughs> it's like, let's talk about your childhood. <laughs> Is that sexy? So <laughs> like, hey, I know your parents are dead. You want to hang out? <laughs> your parents are dead. I never met mine. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, they decide to have their first date on Christmas Eve for whatever reason. And because it's Christmas Eve, there ain't jack shit to do, apparently. But this is, like, pretty clearly L.A. So there's there's always stuff to do in L.A., even on Christmas Eve. Like, go to shows. Sure. 
Um, they go to uh, like an interpretive theater. I like when they get there, she's like, so what is this? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a, just a little interpretive theater show um, acted out by three uh, people on stage and who like she's credited as the director. Um, so I guess the director will come out and pull cards on a, like an easel to represent different bits of the story. And these kind of represent our four anthology stories. Um, so she comes out and pulls the first card. Um, and that is it, on, on the card reads, the stockings were hung. Um, and so the three actors start staging out a scene that takes place in an office or like in an office Christmas party. Um, after about 10 seconds or so of them acting it out, we transfer to this actual like th- uh, dr- dramatic or interpretation. Well, it's like, it's like an actual scene. It's yeah. A, it's a cinematic scene. Yes. Um, this has got some familiar faces in it. Um, like, Jocelyn Donahue. Right. Um, and uh, Chase Williamson. Matt Mercer. Right. Matt Mercer, yeah. Um, it's just me or did he look old? Well, I didn't notice. Whatever. Um, anyway, so they all sit down at this party. It's really awkward because like, it seems like nobody really wants to be there. Um, it's an office Christmas party. Like, who ever really wants to be there? Yeah. I mean, it's like when your company has a Christmas party, you know, if they rent out a venue and, like, provide free drinks and food and you go and socialize with people you work with and you maybe you get dressed up, that's kind of one thing. Yeah. When you have a party in your office for, like, an hour <laughs> that, like, takes up your lunch break, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is like in the break room. Especially I mean when you when you have to go. Yeah. Which it seems like that's kind of the case in this one. Like everybody was like obligated to go to this Christmas party. Yeah. Um and uh so they all sit down and they're doing their white elephant exchange. Um but uh Yeah, they're do- they're doing their white elephant exchange and suddenly like everything kind of goes to shit. And like I'll, I'll try not to spoil these stories like we did with Tales from the Hood, because I mean this is brand new. I don't want to just blow it to pieces. So. Yeah. Um. But everything kind of goes goes nuts. Uh, they find out that somebody has locked them down in this conference room. They can't escape. Um. And it's it kind of turns almost like a like like saw. It's, yeah, it's very saw. Um. Where all of these white elephant gifts are staged and there's some kind of weapon that they can opt to use on each other or, but then there's also some of them that will protect them. Right. Um, and you know, he like puts a time limit on things. Um, so it's all very tense, but it happens so quickly that the tension, like, like you can imagine the tension in the, for these people in the room is very high. Yeah. This is probably the worst day they've ever had. Um, what struck me as funny about this one is like at the beginning, the one woman explains the rules of white elephant to everyone. Mm-hmm. She says, you know, you open a present, 
next person can either steal your present or open a new present. Right. And I kind of just assumed that those were the rules that this, whoever's behind everything is following. So I'm just like, why is no one stealing that olive oil? <laughs> I would just steal the olive oil and call it good. Instead of opening the next game. Yeah. But then the next person would have to, oh, just keep stealing the olive oil? Well, I mean, it can't get stolen twice in the same round though, right? I guess not. But then somebody would have to open the package. That's their problem. <laughs> Yeah, because there are things that like they can use against each other, or things that just kind of happen to them. Yeah, <laughs> um, neither are particularly good. No. Um, this one girl, as I thought, was Anna Ferris, the redhead. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was like convinced that was Anna Ferris, and I'm like, why does she not have a bigger role? <laughs> um, yeah. Every time she like they like when they do like a profile of her. I'm just like, that looks all like Anna Ferris. Yeah. It's um, not. It's not Anna Ferris. Um, anyway. But, yeah, I mean, up to the point when things start going to shit, it's it's very uh, reminiscent of, like, actual office environments. Oh, yeah, it's very familiar. Been, yeah. You know, because we're both office guys, so it's just this This is uh, kind of very familiar turf for us. Yeah. Minus the weapons of death. <laughs> right. Um. Anyway. Uh, so what do you think of this one? I thought this one had the most potential, mm-hmm. but ultimately unfulfilled potential. Yeah. Part and of it was because it was so short. Yeah. I mean, this is the one that I wanted to see more of, more than any of the others. Yeah, it definitely could have built up the tension more um, because that I think that was just so important to making the story work. And there just wasn't enough time to actually build the tension. Yeah. But I mean, it kind of felt like Belco experiment meets Saw. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, Larry Zerner makes a cameo. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, do you ever actually see his face? I don't think you do. So he's there, but you don't. You wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't know it. Know it. <laughs> um. And uh, so that's that one. Um. So we go back to um, the theater. Max and Jenner are just kind of sitting there, like. What the fuck is that? And like the the stories are bookended by the actors acting them out and then finishing the story yeah. on stage. And it's just like it's very minimalist. Like they have themselves and like minimal props to act out what's going on in the scene. So it's funny to draw the comparison between what's happening in the scene and then seeing what they're doing on stage yeah. and how it's just like very scaled down. <laughs> like you start kind of wondering like what's happening on stage while I'm watching this. Right. Um, and one of the actors, by the way, is uh diva Zappa, Frank Zappa's daughter. Right. And uh, also the guy that played the mattress man. Yeah. He's actually a, a friend of a friend. Well then there was talk of getting him on the podcast at one time. Was there? Yeah. Oh, what happened to that? It didn't. It just didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Good story. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, we go back to the theater. Um, the actors are finishing up their uh, scene, and Max and Jenna are just sitting there in bewilderment. Yeah, like, what the fuck just happened? What did we just watch? Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> Um, the creepy director, and this woman is creepy. 
Yeah, she is. And she's not like not like there isn't one thing about her specifically that's creepy, just her whole thing <laughs> is creepy. Um and she just kind of walks out silently and this is what she does in between each story, completely silent, stands there for a sec, uh pulls the next card and reveals the next story. Um and so, I mean, like the title of the movie, all the creatures, all the creatures are stirring. Um, even, well, even though the, the actual line in uh, the night before Christmas is, "No creatures were stirring." This is all the creatures are stirring. But each line, or each title of these bits, are another line from the story, or the poem, I guess you'd call it. Prose. Is it prose? I think that's a, a f- form. Of- so I don't know, whatever. Anyway, so we uh, she comes and pulls the next card. The next card says "Dash away all." Um, that uh, so the actors again they start out their um, uh, presentation or their 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 bit, um, and then again we transition to the actual dramatized version of it. Um, this is basically the story of a modern day. No, sorry. This is the one with the van. Yep. Uh, so this guy, he's in a position that we all probably know pretty well. Last minute Christmas shopping. He uh, starts out from this store that has just closed and he's burdened down with presents and groceries and shit. Um, meanwhile, his wife and his family are expecting him back at home. His wife is quite upset because her in-laws showed up early. <laughs> yeah. Your mom is judging the turkey already. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably the funniest part of this whole scene is that, like, throughout it, he's getting these texts from his wife that are just, like, like just Christmas nightmares that we, like, a lot of people can relate to to one degree or another. Um, meanwhile, this shit is happening to him. So, basically, he meets up, or he... He's uh, locked himself out of his car. He like somehow left his keys and his and his cell phone inside of his car. He heard a noise. Hmm? He heard a noise. Is what it was. Right. Um, and uh, the door closes behind him. Naturally, it's locked. And because it's Christmas Eve, like it's a it's a ghost town. There's nobody around. He tries to get back into the store, and you know, got no. You know, of course, it's all locked up and dark inside, and. Uh, he goes to the only other car in the parking lot, which is this shady fucking Scooby-Doo van. Yeah, exactly. It reminded me of that scene from, uh, um, Jane Silent Bob, where it's like they're standing out there in the dark and like underneath this one street light <laughs> is this van just sitting there. Um, he goes and up. And they slide open the door and they're like, ladies, ladies, ladies. <laughs> so he goes and, um. You know, so he he knocks on the on the window and says, "Hey, can I borrow your cell phone?" And or he's like, "I locked myself out of my car." <laughs> and the chick inside's like, "Sucks for you," <laughs> or, or or some 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 version of that. Um, but uh, they eventually uh, let him use their phone. And uh, let's see, where do I cut this off before I start spoiling it? Good question. I mean, there's definitely something to these two women that are that is beyond the pale. 
yeah, they've been on the search for a certain someone, um, and they're it's it's like a one in a million shot that they'd find someone, and they managed to find this guy who just happens to match up with exactly what they need, and so it's like kind of like this sort of tense situation where. Like, as the viewer, you know that they're trying to do something to him, but you don't really know what. Yeah. Um, and then when it kind of, when it goes down, you're still not entirely sure what happened. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're just kind of like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll talk, remind me to ask you about this when we're off mic, because uh, there there's something about this that I wasn't sure of. Okay. Um, anyway, so yeah, things just kind of don't go this guy's way and, um, and then, then it's kind of over. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, back again, back to the stage actors. And again, I thought this one was the best executed. It was good. Yeah. Like I, I enjoyed watching it. It was very short. Um, and there wasn't a lot to it. But it was it was enjoyable. I, li- I liked the story behind it. Yeah, this is one. Yeah, where I would have liked to see more from it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you said you felt that way about the office one. This is one that I felt like could have expanded more had it get, been given more time. Uh, yeah. So back to the stage play, and you know, you go to Max and Jenna again, and they're just even more weirded out. Um, is this when the intermission comes or is that later? I think that's after the next one. Okay. Um, no, there are five stories. Jesus Christ. I thought so. Um, yeah, the next story is basically kind of like a modern version of the, of a Christmas Carol. Um, there's this real asshole. It just seems to loathe. Christmas. This one's called "All Through the House." Sorry, yes, yeah. The director comes out, pulls the next card, and yeah, it's all through the all through the house. Um, and uh, the actors start doing their thing. Um, and so we come to this guy who is just a real prick. Like he, he's absolutely irritated with the fact that his neighbor has Christmas decorations up. I love that his neighbor apparently has like these big bright red and green flashing lights <laughs> and every time he opens the door he's like, he's like what oh jesus christ <laughs> it's kind of like a kenny kenny rogers roasters <laughs> kenny! <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so he i mean he goes out and he's like kind of vandalizing the guy's christmas decorations but vandalizing it in the way that like a 10 year old would yeah. yeah, he like kicks over his Santa Claus and then like colors in his mustache and gives him a black eye. <laughs> it's like where is devil horns? Um, and uh, he, um, yeah, so he goes back inside and his neighbor comes and says, "Hey, uh, you know, I know it's you fucking with my Christmas decorations, but." Would you give some money to my kid for their fundraiser? And he's like, no. Go away. Actually, he goes, yeah, let me get my wallet. Let me go get my wallet. Oh, no. What's happening? The door is closing by itself. (laughs) (laughs) And this guy is such a son of a bitch about everything. Like, he goes inside, and he's just sitting 
and it, like I, all of these stories presumably take place on Christmas Eve. Um, he goes back inside and he's just sitting in his house, I guess. Um, and he's just he's he's watching something. He's just flipping through channels. He's right. not actually watching anything. And then he just happens to land on this Christmas Carol. Well, because it's on every channel all of a sudden. Right. Um, As he's flipping through the channels and he sees Brea Grant for literally two seconds. Yeah, it's like a phone sex operator. That's I think so. That's what it looked like. That is what it looked like, yeah. Um and uh so he calls his fuck buddy. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> um and uh Yeah, she's she's in her home with you know making Christmas dinner or Christmas Eve dinner with her parents. And um <laughs> Like her mom here overhears her on the phone, thinking like it's a friend or a boyfriend or something. She's like, "Oh, you you should invite your friend over for dinner." And meanwhile, he's like sitting on the other line or on the other end of the line, just like flick, flicking his tongue at her and like making all these disgusting quote sexy noises. Yeah, <laughs> a friend she's banging. He's like, "Did you invite your friend for dinner?" He's like, and she says. Yeah. Did you even invite me? <laughs> She's like, would you like to come to dinner? He's like, no, sorry, I have plans. <laughs> um, anyway, and then it, it kind of proceeds somewhat along the lines of A Christmas Carol, a story you've seen a million times. Yeah, you got the three ghosts, and there's the you know past, present, and there's not really a ghost of Christmas future in it, though. Is there? Yeah. Oh, no, I guess there is. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was effective, like more effective than probably like the actual like real Christmas Carol version of it. Yeah. Um, I think that would probably shock me into the compliance faster. The past one was really weird. When he was a baby for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. He was a man baby. (laughs) Yeah. That was funny. I mean, he, even though it's, you know, past, present and future, he. He plays himself in all three. Yeah, he's wearing like footy pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this guy's got like a full beard. Like he doesn't pass for like anything younger oh, no. than like a thirty-year-old. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, you know, eventually he obviously comes around and like Scrooge does. And... Merry Christmas! Woo! <laughs> You gotta stop doing that in a mic. I moved my head away. It didn't work. <laughs> well, suck it. Um. Yeah. So uh, we back out of that one. And uh, was this the? I think this is when the intermission is. Yeah. So I mean, this. So they go to an intermission, and Max is starting to act weird. He keeps taking these phone calls. You know, apologizing profusely. He's like, I'm sorry. I really have to take this. And, you know, he'll actually, like, leave the room to go take these phone calls. And they're very, like, heated phone calls from what we can see. We don't hear some of them. We can just see him reacting. You can tell it's like a like something something is wrong, but he's not being very clear with what it is. You know, she'll ask him if there's a problem. He says, oh, it's, no, it's just something from work and yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. Um. And at one point, he goes into the bathroom, and this is actually when we hear him having a conversation with somebody, um, and things are that. Uh, that's when things start to get like weird about it. Um, 
And yeah, I can't remember exactly what he was saying. Do you? I I couldn't understand him. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Um, so they go back into the theater. Also, there's the creepy old man. You haven't mentioned the creepy old man. Yeah, but I mean, he's so inconsequential that, you, like, for some reason, there's this guy there who keeps staring at Jenna. Like he'll like unapologetically. Yeah, and like she like looks like looks back at him, looking very uh, upset by it, and and just like turned off. Uh, but the guy just he's relentless. Yeah, he does not s- stop staring at her. Like <laughs> like he'll be sitting there pretending to read a book, and it'd be like flipping pages, but not, not looking at the book. Yeah. With her. Um. Yeah, and it's so weird. It's like this guy never actually says a word, never like you know introduces himself. He never becomes really any part of the story. It's just this unnerving thing. Yeah, I mean, he walks out of the back room of the theater, like like the concession area where you'd think only employees would be. Oh, was he? I, I, I thought he was just walking out of the theater. Was that what it was? Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. But he's like he's not important to the story really no <laughs> um okay so back in the theater uh same old gag except really. a bunch of people are gone now yeah he says you there's know, a lot less people in the crowd now yeah i mean there were only about half a dozen people including max and jenna and now like like two or three of them have left yeah um and uh something i'm just realizing now is that by the end of the show it was just Max and Jenna and the creepy old guy left. Yeah. That didn't even occur to me till now. Um, next story is a rose such a clatter. Um, What's a clatter? Like like the movie. Like that yeah. one, like that one movie. Yeah. Yeah. About about the Santa Claus. Yep. The Rose Such a Clatter Company. Yep. Um This one uh it's dumb. This was dumb. This was really dumb. <laughs> this guy's like a a PI or something. No, he's just a photographer. Is that what? Oh, okay. Because the was... woman at his house was the woman he took the photos of. Yeah, I guess that's true. Anyway, so he's cruising down the road in his sweet Pontiac. He's Grand driving Man. along. He's driving along. Uh, Suddenly, truck tire or deer. What? He hits a deer. What's truck tire? That's the scene from Tommy Boy. You're driving along. You're driving along. Your oh. kids are yelling from the back street. Sit down, damn it. <laughs> Suddenly, truck tire. Oh, my God. I can't stop. <laughs> oh, my God. My kids are burning. <laughs> the new guy's in the corner puking up his lunch. <laughs> All because you wanted to save a few cents. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's not what happens. No, but a deer. He, he does a deer. hit a deer. A doe. A deer. A female deer. Not Probably. really. It's not really. <laughs> no. Uh, it's a, a reindeer, apparently, even though it looks like a deer. It looks like one of the reindeer from, um, Fairytale Police. I don't know what that is. The Adam Green short. Oh, okay. Bah, fuck, I'd have to go back and watch that again. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he gets out of his car and he's just like, ah, fuck. And it's like, cause all of the front of his fucking Pontiac is all 
banged up. He's probably really pissed off because they don't make those parts anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, and he tries to drag this deer off of the road. It's like, no, no, dude. Those things weigh hundreds of pounds. Yeah. Um, he gets back in his car and takes off. and But throughout the... Oh, so the deer is not dead. Right. Okay. And then... Uh, so that's when he picks up a, a big rock. And, and I'm sure in nothing but compassionate way... <laughs> smashes his head until he is dead. But then we see a little harness off to the side with a little plaque on it that says Blitzen. Yep. Wah. And then we get this House of the Dead moment where we see the deer's head and then this like red blood drop goes right. across the screen. Yeah, presumably... So fucking cheesy. <laughs> another reindeer that... Um, sees uh this act of murder and um hit and run yeah and now he's real pissed off yep so this guy goes home and um and then he gets attacked by the deer i mean that's that's kind of what happens yep it's not that interesting and if you pay not that close attention you'll figure out which reindeer it is <laughs> If you're even moderately uh, in, invested in the story at all. Which Tony obviously wasn't because he didn't figure it out. Nope. I don't pay attention to things like that. You know <laughs> you, you know that. I don't know things. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we go back to the theater. And uh, well, this story is dumb, too. Uh, okay. New, the new story is in a twinkling. Um, we have people. Uh, so we have uh, Steve. Is that his name? Steven. Steven. Who comes home uh, and looks out the window to see a full moon. And he's like, uh, not this not time. Not today, Satan. <laughs> and he, he, he walks in with this duffel bag and he he grabs the duffel bag and opens it up and it's full of chains and he starts locking himself up now did you read this as werewolf a little bit yeah it's not a werewolf no i still don't know why he was going to chain himself up me neither i don't understand it at all um he uh he gets a call from one of his friends, um, and she's saying, you know, oh, you got to come to dinner with all of us and, you know, and, you know, be with people on Christmas Eve. He's like, no, no, nah, dude. I don't do Christmas Eve. He's like, I can't do that. Um, so while he's locking himself up, he hears a knock at his door. He's like, ah, oh, fuck. So he grabs a gun <laughs> because surely the people that are knocking on his door politely must on be On Christmas out. Eve. <laughs> Must be out to harm him. Um, and it, it's the his friend that called him. and uh, her, Gabby. Right. Played her, by Constance Wu. Yeah, I don't know who that is. She's from Crazy Rich Asians. I didn't watch it. Me neither. She saw it. She really liked it. Neat. Yep. <laughs> um, his friends show up and they're like, hey, you know, you weren't coming to Christmas, so we brought Christmas to you. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. Uh, and then things just get wacky. It's kind of dumb. And it doesn't really make any sense. There's some funny parts, but not enough to make it memorable. 
it felt very Twilight Zone. It did, and like I think, I, I think the black and white helped with that too. Yeah, and there, I think there were some uh, some glimpses of Rod Serling, um, and I think I overheard like a little bit of the Twilight Zone song too. Oh, really? Just a tiny little bit, or like not not necessarily like the actual title song, but like incidentals that they used mm. during episodes. So it was definitely an inspiration. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, yeah, it was. And you know, when you look at it as a Twilight Zone story, even though it was goofy, it it, it definitely translates it well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, the story was was kind of dumb and didn't really make a lot of sense. But it, it wasn't bad. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of it was kind of just like the same thing over and over. Pretty much until it was over. Um. Yeah. So, um, yeah, after that finishes up, we go back to the theater once again. Um, and uh, this, uh, I'll kind of skip over how this ends because this kind of wraps up the whole story. Sort kind of. of. I mean, the wraparound, it wraps up the wraparound to, to an extent. Although the ending doesn't make any goddamn sense. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. But, I mean, again, Max and Jenna, Max is... Uh, not feeling well. Like he looks like he's got take a big monster shit or something. Mm-hmm. So he runs off again, and the actors on stage start acting out their entire date. Uh, and once they pass the point of what we've seen on screen and start acting out the future, that's when things get a little weird. Yep, get a little nutty. And um, your your breath is very hot. Thank you. <laughs> Um. Yeah, and so Jenna just becomes like kind of really weirded out because Max isn't there to see all this. That some of this involves him. So, yeah, and then like when he comes back, it all kind of starts be starts stop. The prophecy is fulfilled, right? Um. So that's it. And you know, I mean, it, maybe it sounds a little lackluster because I wasn't blowing apart each story, but. What's the point of seeing a, a movie when you already know exactly what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, and hopefully that was vague enough, but still interesting enough. Because this is a decent movie. I mean, as far as like holiday anthologies go, it's probably on the lower rung. Um, but it's it, it's fine. I kept seeing people on Rotten Tomatoes comparing it to Trick or Treat. And I'm like, why? Why are you comparing this to Trick or Treat? It's nothing alike. No. Um, you know, something I've actually... I was telling you this... Yesterday, uh, it reminded me a lot of the Theater Bazaar. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's a. I th- I'm pretty sure it's a foreign movie. Um, maybe German. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but basically, this girl wanders into a theater off, the, like wanders in off the street into a theater, and kind of the same setup. Like they start acting out a scene. It goes into an actually like actually dramatized scene, dramatized. Is are those both words or I I think I don't know whatever it's like an actual cinematic scene rather than people acting it out on screen on stage but anyway kind of the same thing and it's an anthology so it reminded me a lot of that um but anyway I mean they're like as far as like like trick or treat like uh, American Horse or a Christmas horror story which is probably most closely related as far as theme. Um, yeah, this is this is a little bit 
lower quality. Um, it's still enjoyable, but I don't know if this is going to be one you want to go back to. Yeah, I mean, here. I don't see this one going into my yearly rotation of horror Christmas movies, but... Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice that if you have Shudder already, um, which, you know, there's really no reason not to. It's like five bucks a month. Um, and you get Joe Bob. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, Joe that, Bob's Christmas is coming up. And then he's going to have a series next year. Yeah. Um, and that's totally worth the five dollars a month. <laughs> um, why doesn't Shutter pay us? Because <laughs> we're doing it for free. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if you have Shutter already, there's really no reason to not watch this. Sure. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's fine. Um, you might enjoy it more if you're watching it with people. Maybe. I can see that. Because you know, it's like, you know, I I watched it most of the way through. Um, and, and fell asleep and you know my wife had zero interest in it so she was probably asleep by the by the time the second story was over um and uh but then it's like when we were when i was re-watching yesterday while you were over like i felt like i was enjoying it more because we were like kind of bantering yeah, yeah talking about it so yeah I, I would definitely recommend if you're gonna watch this maybe watch it with some friends or somebody who at least gives a shit <laughs> about the movie you're watching. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, honestly, my biggest complaint is that a lot of the stories I wanted to be longer. Yeah. Like, especially the first one, I think, you know, like you said, you, they, they could have stretched it out a little bit to build that tension a little more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a little bit more decisive finale would have been nice. Uh, the The one with the guy and the girls in the van, that one I think could have been, you know, they could have stretched that one out and given a little more story, explained what was happening a little bit clearer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think, you know, it's, it's the reindeer one was just dumb. I would think. It's 80 minutes. You'd think that you could probably get away with at least making it 90 minutes at least. Yeah. So you split that up among five stories. That's six extra minutes for each story. That's nothing. Huh? That's nothing. You could do, a, I don't know if we're talking about the same thing here, but you're saying making another six minutes per story is nothing. Yeah. Like you should easily be able to do that. Yeah. And you could, you could, yeah, you could do a lot in those six minutes. Yeah. Um, even if it's just like little things that kind of fill in the gaps, you don't necessarily have to add to the story, just fill in the, the holes. Yeah. Or, you know, not even necessarily put extra six minutes on each one. Maybe do five, you know, Four here and seven here and or you know whatever yeah like each story kind of feels like and I have the same issue when I try writing that they have like an event or an idea they just don't really know how to like pad the things around that idea yeah so they were like oh, all right we'll just make sure it's make an anthology but then it's like they're still just like idea 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 and it's like these still need to be fleshed out a little more yeah. Um, yeah, if you're going to tell a bunch of like miniature stories, I think that's actually making it making a more difficult job because you have to tell a beginning, middle, and end five times. Yeah, in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's why it's so hard to make a good anthology because you you have to you have to change gears so often and be able to, like I said, tell a beginning, middle, a solid beginning, middle, and end to each of these short stories in a regulated amount of time. Yeah. 
Um, and that's why stories, or, you know, that's why movies like, I'll, I'll just use comparison of Trick or Treat. That's why it works so well, because each of those stories was very well put together in the allotted amount of time. And it kind of fudged it a little bit in that there were, was crossover with each story. Yeah, they intertwined. Yeah. So you got a little a little extra bonus time with each story. Mm-hmm. So, um, so directors out there that want to direct an anthology, take note. That that should be like your golden standard for any anthology, not necessarily like a holiday theme, just an anthology of any sort. That's how you make it. Anyway, yeah. So, um, overall. Uh, all things, all things considered, and I know it's difficult to judge an anthology uh, as a whole. You know, you kind of want to judge each individual one. But what, what's your, what's your final word? I wish that the wraparound story was a little, um, like I wish that it explained things a little more. Yeah, it. There's a line. For like, as far as ambiguity, no, that's not right. Ambiguity. Thank you. Jesus. Anyway, there's a line where it's like you're being just the right amount of ambiguous and then you're not, you're being too ambiguous. And that that was a little too ambiguous. Yeah. Uh, You could, you could stand to flesh things out a little more. Yeah. Just assume that we're a little dumber than we actually are. That's true. Like always, I mean, I mean, you want to give your audience credit to a degree. Yeah, you don't want to spoon feed it, but yeah, it's like sometimes if you sometimes have a, people are dumb. Well, sure, <laughs> but sometimes if you have an idea in your head and you're not giving people your full idea, like if you're it's like, okay, this makes sense in my head, but is it going to make sense if I explain it to somebody else? Right. Sometimes, even though it feels like you're trivializing it you have to dumb it down a little bit yeah just so it makes sense to somebody else yeah um also i feel like the stories are a little inconsistent not only in like their quality but like some of them are funny and some of them are like very tense yeah which is weird because they're all by the same two directors right um yeah i mean i I don't know i didn't have a huge problem with that i guess I mean, yeah, it's not a huge problem. I'm just picking it apart. Sure. But yeah, no, yeah, there definitely was a, a lot of changing, like like I said earlier, like a changing of gears because there was no, as far as like theme or for your um, tone, tone, thank you, um, between the stories, they, they changed from each one. And uh, so like you have to be able to shift into a different story that's really nothing like the previous one. Yeah. So anyway, and the um, only real shift you get is like these people starting to act out a story. Right. There's no real like lead up into it. Right. Anyway, I think those are my, my thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I I thought most of the stories were good. I, except for the reindeer one, I thought the reindeer one was stupid. That was dumb. I could have done without it. And I thought the twilight zone one was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, is for a, a comedy one. I mean, it definitely took a com- comedic turn. Yeah. Um, that was pretty good. That was probably, if I were to rank it, I'd probably put it like two or three is in my favorites. I'd probably put it three. Um, but uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. That reindeer one. I think that they could eat, like, if you didn't want to make the movie longer, like the whole total runtime, you would have cut that story out completely and filled the time in the other stories, or maybe even just the wraparound story. You could have done a better. Because that one was, yeah. Yeah. And like, like all these stories, they're, they're just, they're all too short. Like, it's so weird to have a movie that's five short stories that's less than 90 minutes long. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, when you start getting into like an hour and 40, you know, into, or from, from like hour and 40 up to like full two hours, that's when movies like you're sitting and you're thinking, okay, this is way too long. Yeah. There's kind of a sweet spot, sweet spot between an hour and 20 and an hour and 40. Yeah. Usually an hour and 30. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go figure. But, but I mean, in between, like it's a 20 minute gap where you can make a very successful movie that doesn't start to bore people. And uh, yeah, I just feel like this movie didn't really use that to it as it to its advantage. Yeah. Anyway, anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Well, you want to tell me what you, what you think? Um, I'm thinking six. All right. Yeah, yeah, I think six. Trying to decide if six or seven, but yeah, I was doing I don't the think same. It's quite seven. I was doing the same. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I would say it's it's worth a watch. Like I said, it's not something I'm going to add to my yearly rotation, but it's it's definitely something worth watching. Sure. Yeah, like I said, especially if you have Shutter. Yeah. There's, there's really no reason not to. Yeah. And I think it's only like four or five bucks on VOD too. So sure. All right. Well, that's it, kids. That's going to do it. Uh, we have made it to the end of our christmas episode and uh we are just so happy that you joined us today um, like mr rogers or something. <laughs> i was just thinking that i'm like that sounded more like mr rogers than i meant <laughs> um but no this is gonna wrap up 2018 for us guys um and uh just you know as, as kind of as a final note for the year want to thank you very much for um being part of the show um whether you're a patron and you're you're helping us fund the show or if you if you bought a ticket to the film festival or even if you're just a regular listener um, who's never even spoken to us you know thank you everyone uh, we we really appreciate the participation and uh, you guys are really what keeps us coming back to this every year so yeah I mean sure. <laughs> whatever i don't need them <laughs> like yeah. we wouldn't do this if no one listened that's we, true we'd still do it it's it's probably nobody listens so <laughs> we still do it we've convinced ourselves that we have fans yeah uh but no it uh yeah it's it's thank you for uh in, everything yeah just if like i said from the patrons to the listeners and everyone in between um thank you very much so uh, we'll be back in 2019 with a couple of Tales from the Crypt movies. All right. Yeah, we're going to be uh, doing our salute, Tales from the Crypt, with Bordello of Blood and Demon Knight. Yep. Uh, pretty excited. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll just have our usual dose of uh, bullshit. Malarkey. So look forward to that, guys, uh, in a couple weeks. 
Uh, till then, Taylor, where can these lovely people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com as well as wherever podcasts are found. Leave us a rating and review. Send us an email. Let us know you did. Tony will send you a free magnet. I will. I have them. I have them in my possession. He has so many magnets. I got He's all got the big magnets. old box of magnets. Also, check us out on Facebook and Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. Uh, check out the Grave Plot Film Fest coming to Seattle this February, graveplotfilmfest.com. And of course, patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast if you would like to contribute to the show monetarily in exchange for some exclusive content. Yeah, if you guys sign up uh, by the end of the year, if we, if we get your um, subscription by the end of, or by December 31st, I'll send you a Christmas card. That's just as even as low as a dollar. Yeah. You get, uh, yeah, one of our Christmas cards that, uh, it's looking we, pretty yeah, we good. We had, uh, had our photo shoot last night. So. Yeah. It was, it was pretty fun. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, cool. So we'll catch up with you next year, guys. Till then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Happy holidays, guys. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next.